0: The race is on! Hello and welcome to the PLUS Podcast. It's less than 500 days to go until the London 2012 Olympic Games. And when the time comes and the gold medals will be handed out, we'll all be cheering the athletes whose skill and determination has got them so far. But there's more to winning gold than just that physical skill. Behind most British athletes, there's a team of engineers who use cutting-edge technology and old-fashioned mathematics to get the best out of their athletes' equipment and also to make sure that their training is effective as it can possibly be. We went along to a meeting of sports engineers at the Royal Academy of Engineering in London to find out exactly what sports technology can do. And as you'll hear, it's all about that crucial hundredth of a second that can make the difference between gold and silver, or between medal and no medal. One of the engineers we spoke to is Steve Haig, head of the Center of Sports Engineering Research at Sheffield Hallam University. Among many other things, Haig was involved with designing the skeleton bobsled, which propelled Amy Williams to victory in the 2010 Winter Olympics. Back then his team used what's called computational fluid dynamics or CFD for short to create a computer simulation of Amy and her sled that's a bit like a virtual wind tunnel which allowed the team to see the effect of tiny tweaks to Amy's posture and to her equipment, that's her sled and her helmet. Rachel Thomas asked Haig what he could do with this analysis that you wouldn't be able to do in an ordinary wind tunnel.
1: Um, Well the issue behind computational fluid dynamics is that you are able to look at small features which would be hidden by the noise in a wind tunnel so um, to get an athlete to repeat a particular uh, position might be quite difficult although i have to say elite athletes are very very good at that Um, but sometimes you might be looking at say a wheel nut or you might be looking at a particular shape on the edge of the bobsled which you think you know if we did something there we might be able to get some kind of performance gain so a lot of those things that you measure you might not get them out of um, a wind tunnel test but them in your CFD and you go do you know if we did do that we would get a 0.1% of a gain. Now in terms of sports every 0.1% of a gain if you add them up and suddenly get a 1% that could be the difference between silver and gold.
2: So are you allowed to give us an idea of the things that you tweaked to help Amy Williams? Uh, Can you give us an idea of the kind of things you're able to tweak for Amy Williams on her skeleton bobsled that helped her get to the gold?
1: Um, I'm not sure I can actually, I'd have to, I'd have to throw you down a bobsled track if, if I, uh, if I told you, um, but, but you know, they, they are, they are the obvious ones in that anything that sticks out into the airflow is bad because that's going to slow you down. So uh, given that the whole of the athlete sticks in the airflow, you know, what you look at is you look at the system as a whole, um, the equations of, uh, of, uh, airflow across a bluff object like an athlete is such that the forces are proportional to the cross-sectional area in the uh, air and also proportional to the drag coefficient, which is the efficiency of the air flowing over the surface. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to minimise the cross-sectional area of your object and you're trying to maximise the efficiency of the airflow across the surface. So that, that's more or less what you're trying to do and you will do absolutely anything, obviously that's within the laws of the, the sport, uh, to enable that.
2: Basically, you seem to use mathematics in all of your modeling. Um, what sort of mathematical approaches do you use? What's your initial approach to modeling a sports problem, and how do you move through it?
1: Well, it depends where we, we generally start, as we start with Newton, we start with Newton's equations. Um, here's Newton's second law. F equals MA, force equals mass times acceleration. So that's where we tend to start, because if you can identify what all the forces are, you can identify accelerations, which allows you to identify velocities and then allows you to identify uh, movement. So so that's where we tend to start, and usually you'll look at a problem and you might do what we'd call a back-of-the-envelope solution. You get a bit of paper, you write down everything you know, you come up with what you think is a, a pretty quick solution, Um, just to get a feel for what the problem's about. And what that does is that allows you to understand what are the biggest effects. So for instance, if you looked at skeleton bobsled or cycling for instance, you very quickly realize that the aerodynamic drag is the most important feature. So that's the most important force. Um, Other forces are friction with the surface and so on. So you start with those analytical equations. Now, Now what happens is that can take you so far, but when it comes down to say, tinkering with the designs perhaps changing the shape of the frame or changing a helmet on the bobsled athlete newton's laws on their own won't allow you to do that so what you then do is you take say a numerical approach now what you do there is you take a picture of the of the athlete or you take a surface of the athlete and you might split that surface up to in in, into a, a number of elements and each of those elements will have a specific material equation like Hooke's law force equals uh, a a stiffness constant uh, times by the displacement f equals kx so you use Hooke's law perhaps across that that particular element and use that one same equation which again is kind of Newton's laws across the whole surface, and that will give you the way the whole surface deforms under a given force.
2: So you you use mathematical equations over tiny sections of a surface to figure out how those elements will behave, and then you kind of add them up to see how the whole surface... Yeah, surface. so
1: now if you were to do it on your own, you couldn't, you couldn't do it. It would take you so long to do every individual element. It would take you ages mm-hmm. to do it. But because computers are now so powerful, you can do a mesh of 8 million cells or something like that. So you can do these huge, huge problems. Problems on your computer. So we use that kind of approach for structural mechanics and what we use there is called finite element uh, analysis. So you, you split the structure into finite elements or we use computational fluid dynamics and what you do there is you split the air up into a finite number of elements so you have a a solid object with the air around it and then you can use some similar equations to see how the air flows over the surface that then allows you to look at say the aerodynamics around an object which is one of the most important forces in sport
0: ironically there was a power cut at the Royal Academy of Engineering on the day of the meeting, so the speakers had to make do without the projections of their images and the movies that showed just how sophisticated their techniques are. But Rachel spent some time over a battery-powered laptop with Michael Kane, director of the Sports Technology Institute in Loughborough. He gave her some more examples of the kind of work they do there, and she also came across the beautiful term biofidelics.
3: Um, a lot of what we do is is about instrumentation so in here we've got a force transducer and we're, we're, we're here we're plotting the force um, applied through the garment versus the distension of the garment so that we can understand when it will fail and so and
2: what it, that looks like some some is that modeling someone grabbing someone's t-shirt
3: yes. yeah so this is an, um, uh, an, uh, an elite rugby shirt mm-hmm. Um, and this we call it an end effector but the end effector is, is, a, is simulating a hand grip So it's, but it's more reproducible than using a human hand uh, and empirical so we, we're getting uh, reliable information about the durability of the fabric and the seams and the construction of the garment so that again we can use mathematical models to predict what fabrics will work well what, what seam technologies, what panel shapes and geometries yeah. Uh, this is a, uh, a footwear example. This machine is, is impacting the the shoe as if it were a human being, so the force profile is programmed. Uh, and, and again, you know, one of the things this, this research is doing is using um, algorithms and smoothing techniques to get a better fit between what the machine mechanically can produce and what the human body ordinarily does. You'll appreciate it's quite a simple objective, but it's difficult to do. Mm. Um, get, getting a machine to impact as if it were a human being running does, again, requires quite a lot of maths. And we use not just the maths to programme, but also to quantify how, closeness the, fit, how right. the closeness of fit.
2: So making sure that the action of the machine... Is as similar as possible yeah. to the action of the human.
3: Exactly, and we would call that biofidelic. Ah. So, yeah, so that's just the term. Um,
2: so, biofidelic is 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 the quality of the machine mimicking the human. Exactly. Ah. Yeah. Never heard of biofidelic <laughs> before. Yeah.
0: Next, Kane showed Rachel a three-dimensional motion analysis system made for designing footwear. Visual markers are attached to a real human foot in a shoe, which is then filmed in action using high-speed video. The information from the markers is fed into a computer and using a mathematical technique called inverse dynamics, it's then possible to calculate physical quantities such as moments of inertia, finding the center of rotation of the movement and the power and energy generated by the athlete.
3: And what we can do from that is change the mechanical properties of the footwear and we're able to um, understand what effect that has on the on the kinematics of the foot. And once we understand those, we can derive from that, is the athlete generating more power? If they are, are they jumping higher, are they running faster? So we're taking basic principles, um, physics, maths, if you like, uh, and, and doing analysis that is applied to performance measures, so how quickly an athlete can can run or how high they can jump and it's those steps through that that allow us to make informed design choices about the the footwear and
2: what kind of i know one of the things you were talking about was um in some instances particularly for the hardware you're gathering incremental improvements Mm -hmm. i mean by um influencing the stiffness the bending Mm -hmm. stiffness of the of a running shoe what kind of changes in performance can that produce
3: well, you'll, you'll recognise that in elite uh, Olympic hopeful athletes, any mm. improvement in performance, in, it's, it's helpful if we can quantify it. Mm. Um, but we, if it's in the right direction, yeah. we tend not to worry too much about, about the magnitude of change. Um, aggregation of marginal gains was, was Scott's term, but it's a well-accepted term. And, it, and it, it, it's essentially saying, as long as it's in the right direction, collect it, add it into the mix. And when you add two or three or four or five of those, it might give you one or two or 3%. Uh, With respect to footwear, the kind of footwear changes we're doing, we estimate the change to be worth a few hundredths of a second in an Olympic level athlete. But that can be the difference between gold and fourth. So almost certainly any change is worthwhile provided it's at the very top end of the sport.
0: But testing and designing equipment isn't the only area where science and engineering are applied to sport. Scott Drawer, head of research and innovation at UK Sport, talked about what he called the science of coaching. It's about replacing the subjective judgments of coach and athlete by accurate measurements of the athlete's performance, which they can then use to make objective decisions on what works and what doesn't. So could you give an example of a sport and what you might be doing for it?
4: Yeah, I mean if we take a sport like um, rowing for example, um, we may be working with those guys to um, develop appropriate sensor technologies uh, to measure various aspects of performance on the boat while they're out rowing. So that may involve the use of um, miniature electronics, uh, telemetry and various software algorithms and software systems to help us bring in all, those, all the data and display that back for a coach so we can understand how the athlete's performing every day. Um, So there's a lot of complex engineering behind that, but actually what the end user requires is relatively simple in most cases.
0: Mm -hmm. And um, is this kind of technology already being used really extensively in many sports, or is that something that's only being developed now, so for example sensor technology?
4: No, there's a long history of the application of science, medicine, engineering across sports in general. Everyone's at a different part of the evolution curve and how well it's developed and applied and utilized in sport. So the Australians and the Germans prior to the war coming down have been very sophisticated in objectivity around athlete performance. Uh, And one of the challenges has always been about effective measurements um, in a real world with the real athletes in the field. So moving away from a lab-based concept and really trying to understand how the athlete responds to training and how well they they adapt to the training that goes on. So we need really effective tools to do that. It's just that what technology is enabling us to do is to do it much more effectively in the real world. And the miniaturization, the concept of wireless technology, software algorithms, software development is making it um, much easier to do. Um, but we still got a long way to go.
0: Um, I think it was also mentioned that the sports technology can be leading the way. So is, are there examples where sports technology has, has led to applications that have become used elsewhere? Have
4: Yeah, yeah I mean, um, one example that we often cite uh, is where we've developed some sensor technologies for wheelchair athletes. And that particularly is about understanding how they perform on their chair and building sensors into the wheels to understand the forces and powers applied. That concept now is crossed over into the NHS in rehabilitation, but it's also being used with recovering troops that come back from conflict. Um, so it's been used in Headley Court. So the, the concept that we developed in partnership with Fraser Nash Consultancy has now been expanded uh, and that's a really great thing to see.
0: Mm. So it's really kind of um, at the centre of lots of different areas of engineering kind of coming together and biomedical sciences as well, I suppose. So, um, in terms of mathematics, um, what kind of mathematics would be useful? I mean, I imagine it's a massive um, yeah, range, I mean,
4: but... Mass is the foundation of everything that we may do. So, if you imagine we have programs in aerodynamics, that the fundamental understanding of the use of computational fluid dynamic tools is underpinned by mathematical principles. Um, if we're looking at designing a new carbon carbon fiber structure, a lot of FEA stress analysis is underpinned by first-principle mathematics. So, uh, if we're trying to model some physiological responses. It'll be underpinned by mathematics. So it's a crucial part of absolutely everything we do, from basic performance analysis, understanding trends and patterns in athletic performance. So it's in some cases it's hidden, um, but it shouldn't be. I think people need to understand, particularly people that want to work in this business, that you've got to have a strong mathematical, physical, biological background to be successful. Um, so it happens every day in terms of sporting performance.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, if you, what would you say to somebody who's interested in to going into in the area? I mean, what, what would be the best thing to do at university? There are sports technology degrees, but is it, would it be equally okay to study engineering or mathematics?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think the first thing that you've got to get right is a really strong underpinning understanding of first principles. You need to be a good mathematician. You need to, have, you know, you need to understand physics. You need to understand chemistry. You need to understand human biology. Get that right and then apply it to sports. This fact
0: that mathematics is at the center of every aspect of sports technology was the strongest message of the day. Steve Haig from the Center of Sports Engineering Research agrees.
1: Absolutely, maths is so so important in in what we do. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a cliche that maths is the language of science. Um, in, in the terms of sport, we start with Newton's laws, which is a part of the fundamentals of maths. So it's really really important, and and I, and I get a lot of students coming to me saying, "I want to work for you. I want to do the kind of things that that you do." What A-level shall I take? What O-level shall I take? What would help me? And one of the things I say is you must take maths as far as you can, as far as you are able to. If you can get to GCSE, that's great. If you can get to A-level, that's fantastic. If you can get to uh, a degree level, even better. But take maths as far as you can and that that goes for all the physical sciences as well.
0: So, if this has sparked your interest in sports technology, you can find out more, also about a career in the field, on Steve Hague's blog, engineeringsports.co.uk. And in the run up to the 2012 Games, we've also created a new Maths and Sports portal called Maths and Sport Countdown to the Games, which has lots of relevant resources for teachers, students, and anyone else who's interested. You can find it at sport.maths.org. But that's it for this Plus Podcast. My name is Marianne Freiberger. Thanks for listening and bye-bye.